Welcome to the Funk Rocket Show, episode 72! I'm back after three weeks of vacations and I'm super excited! I'm your host! My name is Emily Plamondon, I live in Quebec City in Canada and I love punk rock so 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 much! Today my guest is Steve, aka Knock, of the band The Scops from Seattle! If you don't know this band already, I'm super happy to make you discover it! You're gonna hear two songs of the Scuffs and Steve Repunkman Jude Band, College Radio, from Seattle. And I do the same for La Armada, from Chicago. The show is starting now. Let's go. Hello, punk rock friends. How are you? I hope you are doing amazing today. I'm so happy to be back. I feel like fire today. It's Saturday morning, Saturday noon in Quebec City. I'm recording this podcast while enjoying a great coffee in my NASA mug. And I chose this mug because this week they discovered some CO2 on an exoplanet. And it's really exciting because it could be sign of life. Could be, but could be not. We don't have to get too excited at this point because, you know, there's a lot of CO2 on Venus and <laughs> I don't think there's any life there. But still, it's exciting. I have so many things I want to talk to you about before we start the episode because I've been in vacation for three weeks. I was still working at my day job, but I took a break for the podcast because I wanted to do some interviews. I wanted some time off. I went to a great festival in Victoriaville called Rock La Cause. If, if you're following me on Instagram, you probably saw some stories. It was such a great experience because for the first time of my life, I was was a master of celebrator no that's a no fun at all song um i was a master of ceremony <laughs> mc so i was cheering the crowd saying like are you excited to see irish mutant yeah so that was my job for the thursday <laughs> it was such a great experience at first i was like ah what if the crowd just don't answer <laughs> to my calls or What if they don't care or, or what if I don't get them excited? But it went super well. I loved it. Oh, I was also scared not to feel like authentic because like it's it's not that spontaneous because you, you have a purpose to make the crowd like yell, yeah. But no, it was super great. I felt authentic doing this and I had some fun with the bands and I could stay for the whole weekend. So on the Friday, I could see um, Billy Talent headlining the show. They were insanely good. On the Saturday, wow, what a great day. I watched face-to-face -face live. Uh, I had the chance to finally meet in person uh, Scott Shiflett, the bassist, because I interviewed him a while ago, so I wanted to say hi in person. It was a great chat with him. Um, oh, there was also there were also a lot of local bands. One of my favorite shows that weekend was Get the Shot, an hardcore band from Quebec City. They got me emotional because they invited three women to sing with them on the stage and it was just so much fun. I love this band because they are so inclusive, speaking about great values. So it made my, my day that day. Made my day that day. Made my day that day. Really fun to say. <laughs> uh, and also on the Saturday, I watched The Used. 
Their set list was extremely good, but the show was extremely bad. I don't know what happened, but music musicians were not tied. The attitude was pretty shitty. They they were asking the crowd to boo them all the time. So the vibe was weird. I mean, it's it's okay to do a, a joke one time. It's funny, but like all the show we had to boo them. So at some point I just went to uh, to eat something <laughs> and I abandoned. Also Rise Against were headlining the festival. They were super great as usual. Um, I'm always a little disappointed because they don't play older songs anymore. I think the oldest they played, if I'm correct, was on uh, The Sufferer and The Witness. And you know how much I'm into older albums. I really love Sufferer and The Witness too, though. Uh, but after that, I kind of lost track of this band. So the setlist was not the setlist of my dream. But they are so good live and I don't know, I love their values, their attitude is great, uh, so it was good. So I had fun at Rock La Cause, meeting some new friends, meeting my usual friends too, <laughs> it was really fun. And for the first time of my life, I was 100% sober for the whole festival. Because I stopped drinking 40 days ago uh, for health reasons, um, not for an addiction or, or something like this, but because I have a very bad stomach and I decided to optimize my health. So I just stopped drinking. At first I was scared, like, oh, am I going to have as much fun sober at a festival? But 100% yes. Yes, yes, and yes. It was an amazing experience because I have very bad hangovers for not a lot of alcohol. So even if I still can moderate, I still have hangovers. So I'm very tired of that. Plus my stomach, I have like a huge reflux problem. I have to take meds every day. I will need to see a specialist, uh, maybe have a surgery, I don't know. So I just want to make all the chances on my side and just stop alcohol. I should also stop coffee, but this is a big no <laughs> for now. There's no way I'm going to stop coffee, but I use a lot of decaf. So uh, yeah, so that's my health journey. There's another topic I wanted to talk to you about before we dive into the episode. I mean, maybe this is already the episode. <laughs> But a lot of people send me um, emails, DMs, asking me what I was thinking of the no fun at all and sick of it all story. And I will not give a detailed opinion here, but what I can say is that everyone fucked up and there were there was some violence on both sides. And... We can acknowledge that they were violence, that the No Fun At All singers did a very bad thing pushing this woman. For a matter of gear, for me, that makes no sense at all. And I'm on her side for that. But then there was also violence against him. Um, a lot of death threat and stuff. And I still completely disagree with all of that. So I think everyone fucked up. Everyone should learn from this story. I don't want to cancel anyone at this point. Um, and it's okay to not cancel and still know that people did bad things. So 
that's how I can summarize my opinion. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I invite you to read um, on punknews.org. They exposed all versions, so the No Fun All version, the Sick of It All version, and the festival version, which is more neutral. So I based my opinion on, on this um, latest version because they directly witnessed uh, all of this. And what I wish for the punk rock scene in general is that we can find some ways to make it safer and make people accountable for their actions without necessarily canceling them. Sometimes it's necessary. Honestly, I canceled some bands or artists. But sometimes maybe we could find other ways to make the scene safer. Yeah. And I don't think that pure revenge or death threat is a good way to make the scene safer, even if someone did a really bad thing. Okay, let's listen to some great music. So a few days ago, I posted a vinyl picture on my Instagram for the band La Armada. And a lot of people answered like, oh, I didn't know this band is so good. I want to know more about them. Thank you. So I was like, oh, I should repunkment them on the podcast as well. So La Armada is a Dominican band, but now they're based in Chicago. They've been playing together, I think, since like 2001. So they have a lot of experience. They are playing a mix of Caribbean punk, metal, hardcore punk music. It is so good. I saw them live a few times. They are always on fire. Um, they sing both in English and Spanish, which makes it super interesting. And they released recently their album Anti-Colonial Volume 2 and I love it so, so, so much. So I think you should know about this band way more. They need to receive more love and be more known everywhere. So let's go. We're going to listen to their song White Jesus. The America that we know and love doesn't exist anymore. Massive demographic changes have been foisted upon the American people. And they're changes that none of us ever voted for and most of us don't like.
As much as I do, I strongly repunkment you the website epicmerchstore.com. They have t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, long sleeves, and kids' merch for more than 200 punk rock, ska, hardcore, and metal bands from all around the planet. So if you like bands like Good Riddance, The Dreadnoughts, Friends of Rome, After the Fall, Diesel Boy, Krang, Straight Line, Polly, Randy, and many more. Oh, they also have a Tony Sly tribute merch. They support smaller and bigger bands from all around the world. Plus, they ship worldwide and you can have a flat rate shipping cost. Get your merch at epicmerchstore.com. I want to welcome our new patron, Chris from Montreal. He loves the bands, the dwarves, SNFU, the Lawrence Arms. Um, he loves to collect music. And he's also playing in the band Los Bozos. Welcome on board, Chris. And also, if you want to do like Chris and support the podcast financially, it's really important for me. It's so, so, so helpful because I can pay the fees. I can hire Caroline for the visual on social medias. I can buy some gear. It's really useful. Thank you so much, guys. So if you want to join the Patreon page, check the show notes and you'll have access to all my Zoom interviews videos in advance, a lot of exclusive stuff, some newsletters, some journal of my feelings <laughs> sometimes, um, some behind the scenes, etc. And anything you, you can think about, I take a lot of suggestions too for the Patreon page. Thank you, guys. And even if you don't support the show financially, you offering me always so much support all the time. And I truly, truly appreciate it as well. It's as important. So you can also give me feedback or suggestions or sharing the podcast in your social medias. That's also super helpful. Interview. Now it's time to listen to the interview I made with Steve, a.k.a. Knock, of the band The Scuffs from Seattle. It's incredible because I was supposed to interview someone else that week and the person canceled, uh, so we had to reschedule. So I was like, oh, maybe I should ask on Instagram if uh, Ben is available. And so Steve answered me and I was super happy to have a chat with him because, you know, it's not a band that I would automatically think of inviting, even if I n already knew their music. 
So I was happy he hit me up. So we had a nice, nice chat. We talked a lot about the band's lyrics. Um, so the lyrics are about like performative allyship without doing concrete help, about police brutality, supporting women. Uh, we also talked about his personal music background, the beginning of the bands, um, and a lot, a lot of things. Many, many more. During the interview, you're gonna hear their song Just Cause and Little Blue Tyrants. Okay, let's go. Well, hello, how are you? I'm fine, and you? I'm fantastic, taking a yes. break from work. Oh, good. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, at what time do you finish working? Usually around six, something like oh, that. Okay. <laughs> also, yeah. I try to work now then and then go to dinner. Oh, you put an amazing background. It's super Thanks. professional. <laughs> Better than white walls. Yeah, I like that. So, um, thanks for the last minute uh, in, um, presence on my podcast because uh, I had a cancellation and I'm, I was like, oh, what if I just ask if some bands are available? So, super yeah, I well. try to always, you know, I watch for that. And any time somebody has. Uh, some call out to try to get someone on. I'm a, yeah. I'm always, I always try to avail myself of that. So yeah. And I, I knew your band already. Um, I think I played some songs uh, on my weekly playlist uh, once or twice. So I love the sound. So we could um, help the listeners discover your bands a little more today. So absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Where where are you on this crazy planet? It's the first I'm, question I always ask. I'm in Seattle. Oh. So our band hails from Seattle for the most part, uh, or around the area, and we've all been playing around here for a long time. So I not as the band, mm -hmm. but we're all like from former bands. I thought you were in California. I don't know why. No. Well, still West Coast. <laughs> Cheers! Yeah, yeah. I'm having a non-alcoholic IPA. It's really good. I'm doing the uh, the non-alcoholic kick right now myself. Yeah, oh, good. For how long? Just for, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to, uh, it was mostly for health stuff. I wanted to get to a goal weight and focus more on exercise and, and working out and stuff. So Same. Uh, mm. I just cut out sugar and I cut out booze and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yep, it's, a, it's such a great move to do. I've been 36 days sober today. I love to count the days because it's part of the challenge. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't counting any days until yesterday. I had a friend that I feel like stopped drinking around the same time, post something that he was at 100 days. So I checked mine out. And I, I'm at 123. As oh, wow. Today. That's so, yeah. rad. And yeah, I think we should normalize doing this for health stuff. Exactly my goal, too. And not only for like, it's not necessarily because we have a problem with alcohol. Sometimes it's just like life goals and... Well, and the yeah. nature of play, playing music, you know, mm -hmm. most of it happens in bars. And so you're just constantly around alcohol. And that tends to be how people socialize. Like, hey, yeah. let's meet up. We'll meet up at this bar and we'll go for beers. I mean, and you don't really need the beer in the equation. You can still go exactly. wherever and have the same conversation. So, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. And if you have a big social life... <laughs> 
<laughs> like I have. Yeah. Um, even if you can drink like just two or three drinks in one occasion, like for a long time, um, if you have like four or five different events in the week it's like a lot so i'm like yeah well, well, yeah yeah it uh it, it just and as much as i play i'm in three bands by the way oh really so, yeah i do some soul music with a band called the freems uh i play guitar in that and then there's another oh. band that's like a bunch of guys from known bands in the area and we do punk rock all elvis stuff Wow. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's amazing. And uh, so I'm just constantly out in bars and at shows and stuff. And so it's just too much. I got burnt out and yeah. decided to go on health kick. So that's a good uh, that's a good thing for your health for sure. Okay. Um I want to because I don't know you personally, I want to know your personal background with punk music because I think uh, your story is interesting. I want to know how you formed the scuffs and et cetera. So, sure. Yeah. Well, let's see. I, as far as punk music goes, um, when I was a kid, I was sent to this school for bad kids. Um, mm. I was hyperactive. I couldn't shut up in class. And so I was sent to this school. It was a really small school. Mm. And it was full of kids that were troublemakers from other schools in the area. And so um, all of them were skateboarders and heavy metal kids and stuff. And um, so... <laughs> I ended up in this school where I was hearing music that they were listening to. And some of them, you know, they were kids with mohawks and stuff. And there were kids with, uh, you know, long hair and slayer patches and stuff. And so what we all shared in common was skateboarding. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'd hear new music from the, from their radios uh, while we were out skateboarding and stuff. And so I would discover like suicidal tendencies was one of the first things I think I ever heard at that school. And mm. I'd never heard music like that before. Um, and what so year, I saw what year was that? Not <laughs> that I want you to tell me your age, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're aging me with that. So, um, it had to be 86, 87, okay. something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm an old man now, but uh, I've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I was just a little kid and uh, there were so few kids in that school that I kind of like my best friends were older than me mm -hmm. and it would take me to parties with them and stuff. And so I was just this little kid getting exposed to all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, I really remember suicidal tendencies being like the one that the catalyst that kicked it all off. And then I found a cassette that like. I, there you go again, cassette tape. I uh, knew that. Yeah, I had a lot of cassettes too. <laughs> yeah. So all the writing was rubbed off on it. Uh, one of my brother's friends had left it behind and I put it in. It was the Buzzcocks. And okay. again, I'd never heard anything like that. And so I was really into that. And then a friend brought over Milo Goes to College right when it came out. Um, and I listened to that and I was then I was off and running. I, I loved it. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, I was a little kid getting into this stuff. And then I started actually playing music, uh, when I was a teenager, when I was 14. Mm -hmm. What instrument did you choose first? Well, when I was a little kid, I started out playing piano by ear. Oh, my nice. brother, yeah, my brother was in lessons and I would listen to what he was playing and I'd wait for him to leave. And then I'd go find the notes and I'd pick them out. And so my parents came home and they saw me playing piano and they said, well, I don't know where he got that. So let's put him in lessons. So I went there until um, I met a musician buddy and then I wanted to play guitar. 
And uh, so I picked up a guitar at 14 years old. Um, I'd already started singing when I was 12, just singing in the shower and stuff. But I got <laughs> classic. My secret was sing along with a song until you can't hear a waver between yeah. your voice and the singer. And then you know you're hitting the vibrato properly and stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I taught myself. And I, so I've been singing a long time now. Now I have pretty strong control of my voice and I know exactly where it can go and stuff. But, it's um, fun um, because you talk about playing piano first. And I think it gave us a very good basic uh, basis of music mm -hmm. because I think it's easier on piano to see the notes and understand how you make chords and stuff. So for, for me, it was exactly that. I, I used to play piano a lot when I was a teenager and it's still very useful to sing, to learn guitars. I don't know if you, you have the same feeling. Well, you know, I never thought about that, but I think you hit on something important, which is the visual aspect of a piano, mm. seeing the separation of black and white keys. Mm -hmm. um, and I never really put it together, but I see music when I write it. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I'll hear a melody in my head, but mm -hmm. as I'm structuring the song, I definitely see an image of it being structured. And I think I owe that to um, starting on piano as a mm. kid. Uh, so Uh, yeah, I think there's a, I think that definitely um, played a role in my writing music, especially, you know, not just playing it, but, and then when I picked up piano it, or when I picked up guitar, it came a lot easier because I had the dexterity yeah. from having played piano. Yeah. Nice. Small hands, but I can stretch them wide. because. <laughs> I was yeah. Oh, I have a good friend and she's super tiny and she's playing piano like, like, magic like she's the best yeah. piano player i know and like she's like that it we think that it's useful to have like very large hands but not nah, it depends i think we can adapt whatever i feel like on piano it would be more cumbersome to have big giant yeah. hands <laughs> banging on those keys like you need to be able to move fluidly amongst them so yeah exactly okay so now you're you're a teenager um So you decided to learn guitar, you already sing. So how do you start your yeah, first I, dance? Uh, at that point, I, I was really interested in playing metal. Oh. You know, the technical aspects of the guitar playing. I really wanted, you know, I was listening to Eddie Van Halen and mm. Randy Rhodes, stuff like that. And I was really working on my shredding. <laughs> and uh, I went to this guitar teacher um, And he got more into the philosophical side of guitar playing and understanding the music that I was listening to um, and hearing it for uh, the overall composition as well as hearing its individual parts. So yeah. what he did, you know, I come in with a guitar and I say, I want to play like Eddie Van Halen. And he says, okay, I can show you how to play this solo, but you're never going to play it like him until you understand the music that influenced him, oh. where, where he learned his bends from, where he learned um, hammer-ons and pull-offs yeah. and stuff. And so he had me listen to Cream, which is one of Eddie's biggest, and Deep Purple. And then so I'm learning that stuff, um, Clapton solos and all that. And Then he's so I, I get pretty good at that. And he says, um, you'll never play that right until you understand Clapton's influences. Wow. So then, and then I'm listening to Chicago blues 
And then he says, you won't know that until you listen to Robert Johnson. So the now roots I'm doing... of music. like Right. So he brought me all the way back to Delta Blues. And then from there, uh, I would come in. And now I'm getting pretty good at uh, finger style and all this stuff. So then we switch gears and I say, oh, I really like this um, Jamaican ska stuff. He says, okay. So then we started working on different rhythms that you find in Calypso and ska and things like that. And um, and before you knew it, I was playing some classical stuff, hmm. uh, reggae, country licks. And then I wow. came out of that really interested in rockabilly. So I started listening to Brian Setzer a lot. And then Gene Vincent's guitarists. And uh, again, he pulled me back to the roots of it. So then I was really doing a different style finger playing and stuff. So that's very interesting. Yeah. I love this so, teacher. <laughs> uh, my music collection. Is, is pretty eclectic as a result. I yeah. mean, you got me into all different flavors. Wow, that's right. And how did you form the scuffs? Um, <laughs> I know you. we have a large gap of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so let's see. I had this band called Drag Strip Riot, and it was mostly focused on kind of Americana and punk. So I wanted to mix like blues and rockabilly and with like punk energy and mm -hmm. so i did that for a long time for about a decade and we did pretty well we were known down the west coast and um when that broke up i just kind of dipped my toes into a few things like that joke band with my buddies doing elvis stuff um <laughs> i did some blues stuff for a minute but then i just you know what i missed was the energy of playing fast and the mm -hmm. aggression of punk rock oriented stuff And one thing I never got to do, so I started out playing in a punk band. My first band was like hardcore punk. Oh. And so, but I never got to do like melodic punk. I never got to do 70s style, um, you know, Buzzcocks and Generation X kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I started talking to some friends. I had had a friend approach me who said, if you ever want to do something and you need a guitarist, call me up. And so I said, I... It was the song I'm on fire by Chelsea. And I said, I want to play this. I want to play stuff that sounds like this. And so uh, I grabbed my bassist from drag strip wow. riot. I grabbed Gabor. And then I called up my drummer from that crazy Elvis band. I said, let's form a band and do this stuff. So we all learned that song and we got together and we already knew it. We'd all been practicing it at home and we played it and it sounded like the Chelsea version. And oh. so we, wrote a bunch of stuff so you knew them um, already very well because i was I impressed reading your bio i was like okay so um this they did a first show like a month after starting yeah. the band, and i'm like i'm i started a band a year ago and we have one song <laughs> i mean it was it was really aggressive it, I, we were all pretty scared going into it because um literally the day of our first show Um, I was finishing the lyrics and writing them on the oh, set list. Oh, wow. So reading them so while I was playing, and, you know, and, and not with a music stand or anything. I'm never going to do that to an <laughs> But I had to get my feet written big enough so I could just see like the first three words <laughs> of a line. So I try to jog my memory. Um, yeah. So we had written these songs and they came really fast. Something about our musical sensibilities combined It was kismet, and we just, the songs came really quick. Wow. And um, and then it was, I saw Fleshies had reunited for a tour, and I love that band. 
and uh, they were coming to Seattle. And so I had this new band and I begged the, the booker like, hey, can we open this? Please, please, I'm a huge fan. And then we think, well, now we better finish our song so we can play it. <laughs> wow, but did you have like all songs in your head already, almost ready to play or you really wrote with the guys? Because I'm really impressed by that. <laughs> the timing, the time you took, it's super short. Um, well, so one of them was a cover. Uh, we'd already oh, learned yeah. Yeah. I'm on fire by Chelsea. So there's one. I think we played eight songs at that first show. Wow. So one of the other songs was an idea I had played with in a couple previous bands and I couldn't quite get the song right. I couldn't figure out the rhythm I wanted. Mm. I couldn't figure out um, just, you know, like, are they going to be backups? What's the chorus? So I took an old idea and I redid it and I, I played it for these guys and they put their input in it and then it came really fast. Wow. So then I'm in the supermarket and I come up with the chorus idea. Oh, here's the melody. This is what it's going to be. So I'm walking around the supermarket, <laughs> swinging my phone. Um, then I go to practice the next week. I've got it, guys. This is how the chorus is going to go. And then from there, the drummer says, how about a breakdown right here? So we put that in. And then by the next practice, we'd listen to the recording of it. And mm -hmm. we came back doing it. And so really, we wrote those songs for that first show within a month. Wow. That's right. What was the show? With whom? Uh, it was me. May 4th, may the 4th be with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2019, I guess. Oh, and uh, did you open for another band or? Yeah, so we played with Fleshies because they oh, were coming okay. to town. Mm -hmm. So we, we got that gig and then we just had to focus really hard and, and get the songs finished. So we, we were like practicing that. a couple nights a week leading up to the show to make sure that we knew the stuff. Hmm. How was the crowd reaction to your first show? Oh, it was show? great. We, uh, people were shocked that it was our first show because we sounded like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. We faked it pretty well. <laughs> wow. So then you were like, okay, I think it's going to work. Let's write an EP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that first practice, when we played that song and having shown up knowing our parts um, and it just sounded like we'd been playing together forever. So we went, okay, this is a band. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and so the rest of the songs kind of fell together like that. Like, oh, this is, we'd bounce ideas off each other. And then by the next practice, it's a song. So songs like Little Blue Tyrants, I was sitting at work and just the title hit me. I wrote it down. And then the rest of the day I obsessed about the title. And by the time I left work that day, I had the melody for the chorus. Oh, nice. And so I go to practice and I find the chords on the guitar that back up the melody that I came up with. And I said, here's a new song. And so we wrote it there. Wow. It's fun that you can start with a melody because often it's the other way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, my writing style is all over the place. I mean, some it just really depends on the idea. Like, you know, that the title Little Blue Tyrant certainly carries kind of an attitude with it. And from that it's going to influence the melodic sensibility. Um, I wanted something sort of snarky. Huh. Um, I wanted a big chorus uh, behind a title like that. And so that kind of led me down the road that I went with it. Oh. And also you, so you started to play more shows. You wrote the first EP. So, and I think you are very productive because you have what, like two EPs, an album yeah. coming soon. And you yeah. started a band around like, uh, I think 2019, 18. Yeah, we yeah, were, wow. we were one month old when we played in May. So we started April, 2019. 
Wow. And then uh, we were only 10 months old by the time the <laughs> COVID lockdown happened mm. in Washington. So it was strange for us because we're hitting the ground running. We're getting all this heat behind us. Like, check these guys out. And we were yeah. playing with some really good bands in town. And then just the plug gets pulled. So we had we tried to stay active to keep our name out there. Like, we don't want to disappear after. Oh, yeah, uh, I totally understand. Movie. Plus, I think it was just at the same time you were releasing your first EP. So it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. that hurts. And, you, and at first we were like, okay, it's going to last like three months. We're fine. No. Yeah. Okay. Right. Two years and a half. So yeah. Even, even our re even our recording was delayed because um, the studio was shut down, and so they we knew who we wanted to work with, mm -hmm. but he couldn't get us in there uh, right when we wanted to. Mm. Uh, so that was delayed a little bit, and then I think we got in there like I don't know three four months later, and then. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything got backed up. So the album came out, or EP came out a year later. We released it on the anniversary of our first show, so May 4th, 2020. Oh, that's good. That, I love the symbol, the the reference yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. year. It's pretty good. And then you, you, I saw you open for like Agent Orange, Lion's Lust, Trying Out, Casualties. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of good shows, like, just right away. And that's what I mean. Like, we were really picking up steam. And so we were in front of a lot of eyes right yeah. away. Um, and so I wanted to keep that going. And then we were booked with New Bomb Turks. And that's that was a favorite of mine growing up. And so um, I was really excited wow. about that. But then Eric got in a motorcycle accident, so we couldn't do that. So uh, I'm hoping they'll, he'll heal up and they'll go on tour again, and then I'll get to do the show. Yeah, um, and for the people who don't know, absolutely no, doesn't know um, your band, how can you describe the sound? You were talking about influences like a little aggressive, but some um, 70 punk influences. So it's pretty much how we can describe it. I hear a lot of uh, Sex Pistols, uh, old school bands influences for sure. Yeah. Ramones. Yeah, when I was... Um So in my first band, Kennedy's. yeah, I was I was in a band with guys that listened to like Crass and Amoebics and um, Blats and stuff like that, like um, really heavier, screamier punk. Um, and I was really into listening to the old school stuff. And so you know, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted more melody. They wanted more screaming. And so that was why eventually I left my first band, but, um, and that stayed with me. Like what, what I love is a good hook. Um, yeah. you know, so many people talk about how much they love the Beatles because of the hooks and all that. And a lot of people that are really hook oriented are big Beatles fans. And, mm -hmm. um, I'm more of a stones guy if it, if I have to take one of the two, but, uh, <laughs> I'm the same way though. Like I, I hook first, like I want a song to get stuck in your head when I write it. And when I listen to those old bands, stiff little fingers, um, mm -hmm. misfits, uh, blitz, do you feel all right? I mean, you can't help not sing along with that. Like yes. you have to sing along with it when you hear it. And, um, so I, I like stuff like that. And so I always wanted a band where I could do that. And so, Um, very much influenced by those old bands, the 77 punk from England, mm -hmm. the early stuff from the U.S. Um, and 
you know, I want fast and aggressive, but I want really melodic and hooky and fun. Yeah. So, and you know what? I feel like people want um, that kind of sound uh, more because I, I on my weekly uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, I take some requests from the listeners and those bands are uh, coming in the request very more often than it, it used to be. So I feel like people are ready to uh, come back <laughs> yeah. of that genre. Well, there's been this huge push in skate rock for so long, you know, kind of 90s influenced skate rock. And mm -hmm. it just seems like, they, you know, that, that scene has grown so big and there were all these festivals that catered to that. And I think we haven't heard a lot of old school stuff now. And mm -hmm. I'm seeing more of these types of bands in Washington and in Oregon from Portland and stuff. There's a band Bad Sex out of Portland that has a very old school vibe and kind of, you know, tussled Rod Stewart hair. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing a few of them pop up and it's mm -hmm. it's kind of cool to see a growth in that area where it was just kind of desolate for a long time it, there's yeah. very few bands so mm. oh, but I, i think it's it's cool that you can make this sound alive again I mean, it never it wasn't dead but you know oh and you know what i've been called a poser because i don't play those bands enough so i think it's <laughs> it's a good sign that it has to be back <laughs> Don't you, don't you love the gatekeepers? Uh, yeah, 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 a lot, a lot. Oh, you unless see, you do exactly the thing that guy or that girl my, says. You see my Bad Religion um, poster there? I can name yeah. you three albums. I can. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three albums. So dumb. Yeah, I, no, I'm just kidding. It doesn't happen to me a lot. I'm lucky. But, but yeah, the point is we need this song more and i feel it in the about my listeners that's yeah. rad and um so let's talk about your lyrics um so because you you're embracing old punk vibes um but i'm curious to know uh what are you writing about like you're talking about a, a song a, a song that is gonna be on your next album just because i want you to talk to me about this song Yeah. So the song, we put it out on a comp and then we sort of put it out on a little single EP sort of thing. And then it'll also be on the upcoming album. We, you know, we're finally putting out a long player. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to have our first EP. We're going to have the Just Cause three songs on there. And then we got a bunch more songs that we recorded. It's a full Walker. album this one, this time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um So the song Just Cause, I wrote that during the pandemic um, when I saw just mm. what really frustrated me was I saw so many people supporting so many causes, but in, in online presence alone. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I have friends that, uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple of folks that still just constantly post I mean they're barraging you with all this stuff about uh, um, all the different causes they're invested in but when I was rattling the can for people to try to don't to try to get donations for causes that were local in nature like I'm trying to save businesses that we depend on to play music in I'm trying mm -hmm. to um, you know it, 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 get people to sign petitions and things like that and I couldn't get a single response no. I couldn't get a repost I couldn't get I mean, it's just, 
And it's maddening to watch people just pretending. And it oh, really yeah. pissed me off. Oh, so yeah. I wrote... <laughs> I, I think mean, uh, was... in French, we say, I don't know how I can translate that, uh, performative uh, mm, yeah. al allyship, I could say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Precisely. I mean, and it, I think uh, I think it's also important to be loud about that on our social medias, for in, for instance. But the, our punk roots is to be close to the people around us, too. You know, so I understand yeah. your point. Mm -hmm. And in Seattle, you know, we had all these marches going on. Uh, it really blew up in Seattle. And here I was. I'd just gotten surgery and stuff, so I was laid up. So what I was trying to do was raise as much money as I could. So it, amazingly enough, the people that donated the most were people at my work, not my friends and bands and stuff. Yeah. So I got thousands of dollars from people I work with uh, and not a cent from uh, all the people throwing up stuff on Instagram. So anyway, I wrote this <laughs> song, Just Cause, and it's a play on words. It's just apostrophe cause, like just because. Um, yeah. And it, so let's see, what's The second verse kind of says it all. I say equal rights might equal likes on your social media feed, but you watch your city burn from your TV screen. Your passion lacks conviction in reality. Can't you spare a dime to feed just one American dream? And that was yeah. how I felt. I wanted to give a middle finger to um, <laughs> to the folks that were faking the funk. Yeah, let's go, punk crackers. Be consistent. Uh, Corey Rent, yeah. <laughs> sorry, my English is not super yeah. good tonight. Yeah, but I, I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. We forget sometimes that there's people around us for real, in real life.
our city's a mess. And, oh, really? Um, yeah, it really is. It's fentanyl is huge here, and so you see the fentanyl nod constantly. Like drugs is really rampant. Mm. Homelessness is at an all-time high. We've mm. got tents all over our sidewalks in front of our businesses. So on one hand, you've got a business owner going, I can't make money. And on the other hand, you've got people saying, well, I, I have nowhere to live because the city's too expensive. And then oh, you yeah. have people that are so junked out on fentanyl because we've allowed that to get so bad um, that they don't even want help. They just want the drug. Um, and so you have all these issues and there's no perfect way to manage any of them. Um, yeah. And it's really tough. So we need all hands on deck focusing on everything at once it's it's the know, same it's you're geographically close to vancouver and we see that kind of um, dynamic mm -hmm. and same kind of uh, issues I, i i'm really far from vancouver but that's what i <laughs> yeah I, well it's in los angeles and portland too i mean mm -hmm. it's down the west coast in all the big cities it's uh it looks pretty similar i think at this point yeah you're right mm, we have to do something concretely yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, I love that. So you definitely have the punk values, but like you kick people ass to make some real changes at the same time. I like that. Changes and sacrifices and stuff. I mean, nothing's going to be easy if we're going to fix anything. And so, I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating. Like I care about a lot of stuff and just to get no traction on anything. If I post a meme that's crude, I get tons of response online, but if I post something that I'm serious or emotionally invested in, uh, it's just like shouting into the void and yeah. it's really frustrating. Yeah. Stupid algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The algorithms aren't helping. Yeah. For me, is it, sometimes I, I'm very frustrated on Instagram too, because if I, I, because I listen to tons of bands, like smaller bands, big bands, like, but if I post a picture of me with a vinyl of bad religion, I have like 2000 likes. And if I try to promote this little artist, I have like 700, which is a lot, but because I have a big following, so it's not a lot compared to Like when I post about big bands and I'm like, uh, I wish people just take a few seconds to to listen to just two songs of the, the artists I try to promote. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I think what they've done is they, they've made it so unless a photo has a face in it, like it's primarily focused on an individual. Otherwise, it's something that they feel like they can monetize. And so... Mm -hmm. that's where they'll shrink it until you pay to boost it or bump it. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I I try to keep everything uh, organically. I never paid for anything uh, for ads. I prefer to keep it, like, I don't know, just more simple. But, I boosted show flyers, but just because nobody will know the show's happening. Yeah, but it's different. This is different for me. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Good. Oh, I love that. I love that topic. We could talk about that for hours. <laughs> What are the other topics you like to talk in your, about in your songs? Um, well, I talked about police brutality and Little Blue Tyrants. Um, mm. And it, it was, it, I almost said it was funny. It wasn't funny. It was maddening that the stuff that I mention in that song are specific things that we saw in the news. Um, oh, yeah. and 
when I wrote that, we hadn't yet seen the explosion of protest yet. Uh, so the fact was, I was writing about older news, and the sad part was it was so current that literally our city exploded the summer following um, mm-hmm. writing the song. And so the song became more topical than ever. Um, it, it became a current event, uh, which is maddening that it, the things just continue and continue happening to where you can write a song about a situation from three years ago and it sounds just like something that happened yesterday. Yeah. 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 Sometimes um, it, it freaks me out to think about all those stories that we never heard about like publicly. And I, Right. Oof. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I heard about my friends from L.A. getting beat up by cops all the time. And, you know, nobody thought anything about it. That was just the way it was. It was just, oh, yeah, you don't go to this area. The cops are going to beat on you. And, um, gosh, Mm. you know, all these years later, we're like, you know, (laughs) this has been going on too long. And now people are mad and they're protesting over it. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like things are changing slowly, but. I still have a little hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, the social consciousness has cer- certainly uh, turned its eyes on that. Um, people are, have had enough. Uh, they keep killing people and it just it, no one gets prosecuted. No, and finally, we're seeing cops busted for murder that are doing these things. And some of these guys uh, have been in trouble numerous times for similar altercations um and you you look at some of their rap sheets and it's like you could have seen the writing on the wall that this guy was going to end up killing someone and so finally we're seeing some of these people brought to justice which is great um yeah yeah well there's topics they hit on where like short fuse talks about people telling me what to think and what to do i'm not a big fan of that (laughs) (laughs) I have my own social barometer, my my own yeah. barometer and built in, and uh, so I won't be told how to think or or how to feel. And uh, I don't like any political party. I don't like any of them. I don't think any mm-hmm. of them have my best interest in mind. And so anybody that either, either side tries to tell me that what they're representing is is the truth and it is right now I, I yeah, but all you only have two choices basically right and i don't like either of them like so what do you it's so frustrating i mean i'm a registered blue voter but i hate i hate that party too like they're all that's just, yeah i couldn't yeah i totally understand even in canada and in quebec we have like five six seven options but still <laughs> sometimes yeah. i feel like I'm a political orphan, but okay. But like in the U.S., it's basically two options. Yeah, yeah. and So you always have to vote against a party, basically. And they're all career politicians. Like these people come out of colleges where they raise career politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they study very specific subjects. You look at their backgrounds, they're all very similar. Um you know, most of them come from wealthy families. Um, and, you yeah. know, so it's, it's, they're just, they're endorsed by corporations that have special interests that uh, a reason for having them there to vote a certain way or mm-hmm. fix things for them. It's just, it's a mess. It's a nightmare. And, 
I don't trust. So Mm -hmm. my position is the first guy to raise his hand to lead is the last guy you want. You know, like, I go, oh, oh, me, me, me. no. I want the guy that's reluctant going, all right, I guess, I guess I have to. You know, they should be paid like uh, civil servants, you know, they they should be, they shouldn't shouldn't get rich being a politician. You shouldn't have a career as a politician. You should have short-term limits where you get Mm. to go in, change as quickly as possible, and then get the hell out. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. vote for you as a president. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, my background might not. But maybe, so I don't know, maybe you're happier in music, though. <laughs> I think I'm definitely fun. happier in music. Yeah, uh, you look at, Obama, look at Obama when he entered office and when he left, and he looks yes. like 30 years older. <laughs> I don't so, want that job. Yeah. yeah, and then when he But, when um, he left, he started to read tons of books again and like be happy. and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 paint. They all end up painting, paint, right? Yeah. Every president paints afterwards. Yeah, George W. Bush do paints, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He paints know, like horses ready. and ranches. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's right That's in his great. wheelhouse. Everyone needs art. That song came out of the frustration of people like... Nobody has dialogue or discourse anymore. And, you know, you you see people like their families are breaking up over arguments they have at Thanksgiving and things because they're Mm. politically opposed. And my song isn't specifically about politics. It's just simply about the attitude uh, where uh, it's that closed-minded attitude where somebody's going to come into a conversation and they're looking for a fight when they come into it. And... um, So, you know, I start the song, we can get along just fine if you can leave your attitude behind because I don't have a minute to spare for an hour of grief. I'm not going to give a minute of my time for somebody that's going to spend an hour browbeating me um, for mm-hmm. the way that they need me to respond to their feelings. Um, it's just not going to happen. So the song was born out of frustration. So my chorus is, don't push me, don't piss me off. I'm, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, so that's very, very various topics from personal frustration to like political stuff. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm all over the map. <laughs> yeah, why not? And what's next for the band? So we're talking about a new album, a whole album, full length. Yeah. Uh, very soon, in a month, uh, in two months, basically. Like, uh, yeah, uh, somewhere towards the end of October, uh, we're going to release the full length uh called the lonely ones and mm. the lead single will be the song the lonely ones and um that song it, i think it's one of my favorite ones i've penned it was um written sort of in tribute to a friend of mine who grew up uh with really good friends as a kid and then something happened in her teen years and then she was ostracized And she's socially awkward and so, but she's beautiful. And so people want to know her, but people are, you know, they, they, she's not always treated well. And mm-hmm. so um, I wrote this song. Uh, I just imagined her going to a society party with her junk shop shoes and, and uh, funky purse and, you know, wearing secondhand clothes because she, you know, dresses eclectically. Yeah. And, um, 
and people, you know, turning up their noses. And, uh, and then I imagined all the old friends from high school that had shunned her, seeing her all grown up and, uh, owning, uh, this, this, um, this look and this swagger and then suddenly wanting to talk to her. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So the song ends, uh, saying, um, basically talking about people when they look inward, they'll realize they're, they're one of the lonely ones too. And they've been, uh, cruel to people because of their own hurt inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I end the songs in sometimes this life can end up turning out all right for the lonely ones. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to write it about her struggles and then end it uh, on a positive note about um, yeah. how she's, she's turned out all right in spite of uh, the people that have tried to try to kind of keep her down. So anyway, uh... um, it's my uh, tribute to to the women I know and her specifically, but, you know, on a greater scale, um, you see a lot of that cruelty. And uh, I just wanted to speak to it and, um, you know, uh, give voice to maybe my friend's struggle that maybe other Aww. people can identify with. It. That's beautiful. I like that. Uh, thanks. <laughs> and are, do you have any touring plans or music videos plans or other plans? Yeah, we'll shoot some videos for it. Um, oh. We've been uh, holding off on the videos until this. We didn't know when the heck we were going to get this thing. So now that we know, we're going to kind of hit the ground running and try to shoot some videos and stuff. And we will start trying to book stuff out of town on the heels of that. We're eyeing stuff overseas as well. Um, and so we've got some irons in the fire there. Hmm. Uh, I'm talking to my friend down in Sacramento about doing a little swing down there and over to Reno and Vegas and back up. Um, so you'll see some West Coast action uh, this year uh, in support of that, too. Yeah, but we need also East Coast. Yeah, right. Canada action. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, would, I would kill to get over there. I, I'm I so play. annoying. <laughs> Every guest, I'm like, I'm that person who says, come play in Quebec City. <laughs> I'm that person. Well, a lot of the bands you like are West Coast, and so you like you got to reel them in, you know. I need to push them uh, toward my way yeah. in Quebec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's rad. Thank you so much. It's such an. I love the fact that we had this great conversation, and it was a total random because I had a cancellation, and I should do that mm-hmm. more often. Just like, hey, is someone ready to do an interview tomorrow? Let's go, because it's. Like, <laughs> such a good opportunity to know great people. Yeah. Well, it's really fun to talk to you. I, having uh, listened to you and watched you online and and watched this thing you've created grow and grow and grow, uh, you've been such a big supporter of uh. underground music, I mean, as well as bigger bands, but I mean, you really put the music out there and you're curating these playlists and you're, you're doing podcasts and hosting a radio show. Like you're doing so much for Thank so you. much music and it's really it's my uh, mission it's on really earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, because for me, it's like smaller bands work sometimes harder than bigger bands. And yeah. I, I just, for me, everyone deserves a spot and the least I can do. Of course, I'm still into my old favorite bands. I will forever be. And I like to talk about those bands too. But like, for me, it's so important to promote other bands. Like, yeah. 
because there's so many treasures that people should know about. Well, yeah, you're great. And I thank you for everything you've done for music. Uh, and thank you for uh, spreading good lyrics and messages and great music. So I'm pretty sure the listeners will love it. So thank you so much, Nock. some bands from his local scene in Seattle and I completely fell in love with this band called College Radio. I love their very refreshing 90s pop punk sound. Um, they are also very melodic. They are killing it at vocals. 
What a great discovery. Thank you, Steve, for the repunkmendation. You definitely have to listen to their latest EP called Survival Guide, released earlier this week. But I suggest you today the latest single called Full of It. Let's go. Funk your life and have a great week. 